What does Jesus look like? Is the answer to that question in the Bible? Does it even matter? I want to tell you today that the answer is in the Bible. And secondly, it does matter. It matters a whole lot. And so I want you to enjoy this Bible study. If you've got a Bible, follow along with us and let's see what Jesus looks like and why it matters. God bless you. Good morning and welcome. Let's pray. Dear God, we come before you this morning seeking a blessing. As we open the Bible and we study about you, we pray that your Holy Spirit will draw us closer to you and that we will leave this place having been in your presence. Thank you, Jesus, I pray in your name. Amen. What does Jesus look like? It's a question I've always had. I think really from the time I was a small boy. Now, I grew up in a Christian home. In fact, I'm a fourth generation Seventh-day Adventist Christian. And so I grew up in a home that did morning worship, they did evening worship, we went to church on Sabbath, we went to Sabbath school, we sat in the divine service. I had plenty of opportunities to picture in my mind as a small boy what Jesus looked like. And I guess the picture I had in my mind of what Jesus looked like came from pictures I found in the storybooks, pictures I found in the children's Bibles, pictures I found when I went to Sabbath school. For some of you who don't know what Sabbath school is, equivalent to Sunday school, and was taught about Jesus. We would always have these pictures of a man who had white, brownish sort of skin, brown eyes, shoulder-length brown hair, and always walked around in a white robe. But I wonder, is that really what Jesus does look like? Today I'd like to open the Bible and I'd like to take you to three passages that talk about Jesus and his presence and the impact he had on people when they saw him. Now I want to tell you it's important that we look at these passages because where we're going will actually take us right through to the end of time. What Jesus looks like impacts what will happen to you. Do you know that? I find that very interesting. So let's, without further ado, go to our our first passage. Revelation chapter 1, Revelation chapter 1, and we'll be looking at verse 10 through to 17. And here we have a passage that tells us very clearly what Jesus physically looks like. I, I don't know about you, but I find this extremely interesting. This is what the Bible says Jesus looks like. John, he was a disciple of Jesus. He followed Jesus probably from around the age of 16. So he gave his heart to Jesus and began following him as a disciple from a very young age. He was the only disciple that was not executed, was not martyred for his love, for his faith in Jesus. In fact, Nero, we know Nero put him in a pot of boiling oil. He would not burn. And so he went to the island of Patmos, little rocky island. And there on that island he broke rocks for the rest of his life because he loved Jesus Christ. But on that island, while he was imprisoned, God gave him one of the most stunning dreams that any prophet in the entire Bible ever had. And this dream became known as the book of Revelation. And in the first chapter, oh, it's very interesting, Jesus appears to John and John gives a description of what Jesus physically looked like. Let's follow it. On the Lord's day, that's the Sabbath, a seventh day Sabbath, on the Lord's day I was in the spirit and I heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet which said, write on a scroll what you see and then send it to the seven churches, Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamon, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia and Laodicea. I turned to see the voice that was speaking to me. And when I turned, I saw seven golden lampstands. And among the lampstands was someone like the Son of Man, dressed in a robe that reached down to his feet with a golden sash around his chest. His head and his hair were white like wool, 
as white as snow and his eyes were like blazing fire. His feet were bronze glowing in a furnace and his voice sounded like the sound of many voices. In his hand he held seven stars, out of his mouth came a sharp double-edged sword. His face was like the sun shining in its brilliance. Now for a moment let's look at what John saw here in the Bible. He sees a man. He is dressed in a white robe with a golden sash and that white robe goes down to his feet. His head and his hair are white, white, white as snow, white like wool. His his eyes, when you look into the eyes of this being, who is Jesus Christ? It's like looking into a furnace. He is a stunning looking person. His voice when he speaks is like hearing a hundred thousand people speak. What what a description of Jesus the Saviour. What a description of Jesus the King this is. And it says that his face shines like the sun in all its brilliance. Now I'm interested, John sees this majestic being who comes to him in vision to speak to him. It is Jesus, how do we know that? Well, look at verse 17. When I saw him, this is the response John saw, this is the response John had when he saw Jesus. He says, when I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. Then he placed his right hand on me and said, do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am the living one. I was dead and behold, I am alive. I am alive forevermore. This is Jesus. And when John sees him, he falls at his feet as dead. He is terrified. He is petrified at this majestic being that stands before him. So terrified that he falls at his feet as though he were dead. But Jesus reaches down and he touches. Note that he touches John. He says, do not be afraid. I am the first, I am the last, I am the one who loves you. Let's go to our second passage today. Where we're looking at what Jesus looks like, what he physically looks like. And remember, as I said to you right at the beginning of this Bible study, of this teaching, what Jesus looks like is important to you today. It's important because it impacts what's going to happen to you in the future. Daniel chapter 10, Daniel chapter 10 verse 4, this is Old Testament, not New Testament. John the Revelator, the person we looked at who had the first vision, he's New Testament. This is Old Testament. This is five, six hundred years before uh, John lived. But yet here we have a description of the same being of Jesus Christ by one of the greatest prophets in the Bible, Daniel. Daniel chapter 10 verse 4, let's look at it. On the 24th day of the first month, I was standing on the bank of the great river, the Tigris. He was in Iraq, over near Babylon. He'd been taken captive by Nebuchadnezzar, the great Babylonian king. He says, on the 24th day of that month, I was standing on the bank of the great river, the Tigris. I looked up and there before me was a man dressed in linen with a belt of finest gold around his waist. Does this sound familiar? He's seeing the same man that John saw. He says in verse 6, his body was like chrysolite, his face like lightning, his eyes like flaming torches, his arms and legs like the gleam of burnished bronze, and his voice like the sound of a multitude. Daniel sees this man, and I want to tell you, it's the same man that John the Revelator saw. He gives, Daniel gives a physical description of what this man looks like. Let's look at it very quick, quickly. He says again, he's dressed in white. Again, he has a golden sash or a golden band around his robe. His body looks like chrysolite. 
his face like lightning. Looking at him is like looking into a looking at him, looking at his face is like looking into a thousand suns. His eyes like flaming torches. His arms and legs like the gleam of burnished bronze. He has beautiful tan. Jesus has beautiful tan brown skin. And his voice, again, when he speaks, it's like hearing a hundred thousand people speak. His voice, says Daniel, is like a great multitude. Now, you remember what happened to John when he saw Jesus. He fell down at his feet like he was dead. It wasn't until Jesus, it wasn't until Jesus touched John that the fear left him, he was able to stand up and look into his eyes and hear the message that Jesus had come to give him. Let's have a look at the response of Daniel, at the response of Daniel when he sees Jesus Christ. Daniel chapter 10 verse 10, it says that when he saw Jesus, a hand just like with John the Revelator, a hand, Daniel says, touched me, verse 10, and it set me trembling on my hands and knees. Oh, Daniel is afraid. Just as John the Revelator was afraid, when, when Daniel sees Jesus, he sees this awesome, powerful, beautiful, bright, shining as the sun being. And he falls down on his knees. He's afraid. He's dead afraid. But again, uh, Daniel says, a hand touched me and set me trembling on my hands and knees. Verse 11, he said, Daniel, this is Jesus speaking now. He says, Daniel, you are greatly loved. Consider the words I'm about to tell you. And Daniel says, then I stood up and he says, I was still trembling. This is the response that human beings have when they come into the presence of God. Jesus Christ is God. He's powerful. He's majestic. He's beautiful. And when human beings come into the presence of God, they tremble. This fear But I'm interested in God's response, in Jesus' response when he comes into our presence. Because the Bible says that Jesus to Daniel did the same thing as he did to John the Revelator. The Bible says, Daniel chapter 10, verse 12, Then Jesus, or then he, then God continued saying, Do not be afraid, Daniel. Since the first day that you set your mind to gain understanding and to be humble, I was with you. And so just as Jesus comforted John the Revelator, so Jesus now comforts Daniel the prophet. I want to take you to one more passage today of scripture about a confrontation another human being had with Jesus. And we're going right back to the beginning of the Bible. Exodus chapter 33 verse 18. Moses, arguably the greatest of all the prophets in the Bible. He had through the leading of Jesus Christ, and it was Jesus who led Moses. I wish I had more time to take you through a Bible and show you that the God, the Yahweh, the great King of the Old Testament, is in fact Jesus Christ himself. It was Jesus who created the world. It was Jesus It was Jesus who led Moses into Egypt to save the children of Israel. It was Jesus who led them through the Red Sea. It was Jesus who took them out into the desert, put a pillar of cloud over them by day to keep them cool and a fire up in the sky at night to keep them warm in the desert. It was Jesus who called Moses, the leader of Israel, up onto the mountain. And on that mountain, it was Jesus who gave Moses the law, the Ten Commandments that are still binding upon the world today. 
And while he's up on that mountain, Moses has an interesting, a very interesting relationship with God, with Jesus Christ. They get to know each other as friends and they become close friends. They become fast friends. And Moses, while he is on the mountain, receiving the Ten Commandments from God, from Jesus Christ himself, Moses asks of Jesus, asks of God, a very interesting and I think a, a very touching Question. It, it, it kind of gives you a glimpse, in, a window glimpse into what is happening between Jesus and Moses. In Exodus chapter 33, verse 18, Moses says, Now God, talking to Jesus, show me your glory. And verse 19, the Lord said, I will cause all my goodness to pass in front of you, and I will proclaim my name, the Lord, in your presence. I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy. I'll have compassion on whom I'll have compassion. But he said, look at this, look at this carefully. But he said, you cannot see my face. You cannot see my face. For no one may see me and live. Jesus says, hey, yeah, I will show you myself. But he says, Moses, even though you are my friend, we're talking about a physical Jesus, the physical aspect of God. He says, I cannot let you see my face because it is so bright. It shines with such glory that if you see it, you will die. Now, look at this, because I find this quite interesting. Verse 21, then the Lord, and we could say Jesus said, there is a place near me where you may stand on a rock. When my glory passes by, I will put you in the cleft or behind the rock and cover you with my hand until I pass by. Then I will remove my hand and you will see my back, but my face must not be seen. You know what Jesus is saying to Moses? He says, hey, I love you, man. You're my friend. He says, I'm going to put you behind this rock. He said, then I'm going to put my hand over you. So Jesus puts Moses behind the rock. He puts his hand over him and then he passes by and he says, as I pass by, then you'll be behind the rock. You'll have my hand over you. He says, then you can look at my back. Now, Jesus never took Moses out from behind the rock. Jesus never took his hand from behind, from being over Moses. But Jesus passes by him, he's behind the rock, he has Jesus' hand over him with his eyes open and Moses sees through the rock, through the hand of God, Moses sees the presence, the back of God, of Jesus as he passes by. Well, what a thrill that must have been. I wish Moses had taken the time to write down in the Bible what he saw. But unlike John the Revelator and Daniel the prophet, he did not. But the The end of this story, what happens I find very, very interesting and I know you will too because the Bible says in Exodus chapter 34 verse 29 that after Moses had received the Ten Commandments from God, after Moses had come down the mountain, something very, very interesting happens. Verse 29, when Moses came down from Mount Sinai, with the two tablets of the testimony or the law in his hands, he was not aware that his face was radiant because he had spoken to the Lord. When Aaron and all the Israelites saw Moses, his face was radiant and they were afraid to come near him. Oh, 
Moses has an experience with God. He sees God, he's talking with God, and when he comes down off the mountain, his face is radiant, shining with the glory, the reflected glory of God. So powerful is the presence of God that when you go into his physical presence, you see him, you, as Moses was, reflect his glory shining like the sun. And when Aaron and the Israelites saw it, they were afraid. In fact, so afraid were they that the Bible says in verse 33 that they asked Moses to cover his face with a veil so they wouldn't have to look at him. Amazing, isn't it? John sees the physical presence of Jesus. And he falls down on Jesus' feet like dead. And it's only when Jesus touches him that he's able to get up and look at him again. Same thing happens to Daniel. Moses sees just the back of God. And his face is shining with the radiance of God as he walks down off the mountain. And you know what happens? You saw it for yourself. People are afraid and he has to put a veil over his face. You cannot be in the physical presence of God and not be impacted. Now, what's that got to do with you today? Well, follow me. Go with me to Revelation chapter 6. This is a dynamic description of the second coming of Jesus, a visible event. In fact, Revelation chapter 1 verse 7 says that when Jesus comes, the whole world will see him. Matthew chapter 24 verse 30, 31 says there will be angels in the sky from one end to the other. And here we have in Revelation chapter 6, verse 14 through to 17, a very, a very serious, sobering description of what it will be like when Jesus comes. And by the way, I think the signs in the world tell us that what I'm about to read is about to happen. And there was never a time, never a better time for you to give your heart, your life to Jesus Christ than right now today because Jesus is coming. And whether or not you are ready when Jesus comes, whether you believe it or not, doesn't matter whether you believe Jesus isn't coming. He is. It's a fact. It's a reality. It's a fact. He's coming. He's coming whether you like it. He's coming ready or not. And the only way you can be ready is to have Jesus in your heart, is to have Jesus as your friend, to be spending each day in the Bible and prayer with Jesus, establishing a relationship with him when he comes. Because when he comes, let me tell you, it really does go down. Look at this, Revelation chapter 6, verse 14. The sky receded like a scroll rolling up and every mountain and island was removed from its place. You are talking about a stupendous event. And the kings of the earth, look, look at the response of the great people of this earth. And the kings of the earth, verse 15 of Revelation chapter 6, and the kings of the earth, the princes, the generals, the rich, the mighty, and every slave and every free man hid themselves in the caves among the rocks of the mountains. And they called to the mountains and the rocks, fall on us and hide us from the face of him who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb, for the great day of his wrath has come. And who can stand? The world will see Jesus come. They will see him in his glory. They will look into his face, which is as bright as the sun. They will see the white robe. They will see the golden sash. They will see the eyes and they will look into the eyes of Jesus and they will burn like a fire. And when they look at Jesus, when they're in his presence, they will be terrified. And people who love life, but never love Jesus. 
People who love life and have no desire to die are so terrified at the coming of Jesus that they cry for the rocks and the mountains to fall on them, to hide them from the presence of Jesus. It doesn't end there. It's very sad to say this, but as the people look at the physical presence of Jesus, something very sad happens. Jeremiah the prophet, another Old Testament prophet. He sees this picture. He sees Jesus return. And this is what he says happens to the wicked, those who don't love Jesus, those who never invited Jesus into their hearts. This is what he says happens. He says, at that time, oh, I hope this is not you. He says, at that time, those slain by the Lord will be everywhere. From one end of the earth to the other, they will not be mourned or gathered up or buried, but they will lie as rubbish on the ground. What happens? What happens to people when Jesus comes and for the first time in their lives they see his physical presence? They see him shining in all his glory, the majestic King of Kings, returning to the earth to save those who love him and whom he loves. What happens, though, to the wicked who never gave their hearts to Jesus? What actually happens to them that they fall down on the ground? Perhaps millions, or it's painful to say, even billions. That's why I preach. I feel an urgency. To tell people that Jesus is coming and now's the time to get your life ready. Don't fool around with this. It's life and death. Jesus is coming. And the only way you can be saved is to have Jesus living inside your heart. I'm appealing today for your life. And when Jesus comes in his physical presence, oh, the Bible says that millions, perhaps even billions, who never gave their hearts to Jesus, that never even gave them a look, die. But what is it about the presence of Jesus that causes so many people who don't love him to die? Well, the Bible has the answer in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 8. Look at what the Bible says happens. And by the way, with these verses that I give you, as you write them down, as you see them on television, you go and check the context. I'm telling you that I'm using these verses in context, but you check for yourself. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 verse 8, I'm reading from the King James Version now. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 verse 8, And then shall the wicked be revealed, and the Lord shall consume them with the spirit of his mouth, and shall destroy them with the brightness of his coming. That's why the physical appearance of God matters. Because when Jesus comes back in physical form, if you do not love him, if he is not in your heart, then you will be destroyed by the brightness of his coming. As you look up into the sky, and you can't miss it. Oh, this idea that, that there'll be a secret rapture of, of those who love Jesus. This is nonsense. It's not in the Bible anywhere. And, and preachers really have no right to get up the front and preach that because it's not in the word. When Jesus comes back, it's visible. The whole world sees it. Whether you're wicked or whether you love the Lord Jesus Christ, you will see it. And when you look up into the sky, if you do not love Jesus and you look into his face and it shines like a thousand suns, the brightness, the glory of Jesus pierces your heart. It pierces your soul. It pierces your mind. And it's a tragedy, but you will fall down dead. 
Well, I pray that doesn't happen to you. And I pray that that's not your experience. Because 1 Corinthians chapter 15, a beautiful passage. Paul the Apostle. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 gives a vivid description of what happens not to those who don't love Jesus, but to those who do. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 51 to 53, tells us what happens to those who love Jesus when he comes. The Bible says, Paul says, listen, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all die, but we shall all be changed. In a flash, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, at the second coming, the trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised, imperishable, to live forevermore. That's what the Bible says, the dead will be raised. They're not in heaven, they're dead. They will be raised at the second coming. And they will be changed. And we will be changed. Verse 53, for the perishable must clothe itself with imperishable. This sinner, natural born sinner that I am, will become in the twinkling of an eye when God changes me, perfect. And the mortal will become immortal. You will be changed in the twinkling of an eye and you will live forever. And when you look up into the sky and you see Jesus in all his physical glory, shining brighter than a million, million suns, with angels from one end of the sky to the other. Oh, when that happens, you won't fear, you won't call for the rocks and the mountains to to fall on you. Jesus is in your heart and Jesus changes you, changes you, changes you in the twinkling of an eye. And you are able now in your new body, with your sinless heart, entirely committed to him, to look up into the sky and say, Lo, this is my God and I have waited for him and now he will save me. Challenge, isn't it? Jesus' physical presence does matter. It mattered to Daniel. It mattered to John. They fell on their ground on the ground in fear. But Jesus, as he touched them, took the fear outside of them. It mattered to Moses. So powerful was the physical presence of God that when he went down, and you saw it for yourself. To the children of Israel, he shone with the reflected glory of God, and it caused fear. Amongst the children of Israel. And I want to tell you the physical presence of God. It matters at the second coming. Because if Jesus is not in your heart. And if you have not surrendered to him. Then it is the physical presence of God. His glory. And his majesty. That will take your life. But if Jesus lives deep inside of you. When he returns, he will change you so that you are able to see him. That you are able to, with joy, welcome him. He is your God. And he's come to take you home. Oh, I pray that will be your experience this morning. Let's pray. Jesus, as we read the Bible, we see that you are glorious. You are powerful and you are bright. And we are sinners, mortal sinners. And we recognise this morning we cannot look into your eyes. We cannot look into your face and live. But Jesus, as we invite you into our hearts, we look to that second coming in faith, knowing that when you return as you promised, you will change us, you will change us through grace, through faith, in the twinkling of an eye. That's what we desire, Lord. Or hear our prayer and save us, we pray, in your name. Amen. Jesus is beautiful. He is glorious. He is bright, he's big, he's powerful. Whether or not you're able to look at him when he returns is your call. 
Today you make a decision for or against Jesus. If you ask Jesus into your heart, when he returns, there will be no fear inside you. Just wonderful joy that Jesus has come to save you. I wish that blessing upon you today. I wish you Jesus. God bless. I love to love and adore you. Yeah, my name, my love.